what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, it's a new year, and like the Boy Scouts, we want you to be prepared. So we're going to do some early-in-the-year planning for taxes with our guest, CPA Sabrina Cook. We'll also have some small businesses that you should be checking out at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned to hear about some interesting businesses that we'll be sharing. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Manufacturing Solutions Center in Conover, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is the Executive Dean of Economic Development and Corporate Education at Catawba Valley Community College. Fantastic, Jeff. Okay. Got you're looking at and my title. Right? You're looking at me like I might have messed so up start, your title. No, it was perfect. So okay. We're starting 2023 on a high note. Okay. Not that I worry about what you call me anyway. No, I, you go, you, you answer to many things, Gary, which is what makes you lovable. Well, thank you. So. I answer so I don't get in trouble. Everything going okay with you? So far, so good. My basketball team's been pretty good. But we've lost a few, so I'm afraid we're trending down. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, it's. But I keep better. They're better than I thought they'd be, so that's a good thing. Uh, you know, it's it's it, we're in here in late January. I don't even know if I want to talk about college basketball at this point. I'm going to wait. I want to wait till it gets fantastic. closer to March. I'm, they're, they're rolling toward the end. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about. It. I, you know, I'm I'm just happy that we uh, have a guest to join us today. I want to I want to welcome Sabrina. Sabrina Cook, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, Sabrina owns her own business, Sabrina Cook CPA, here in Hickory, North Carolina. Sabrina's worked for several accounting firms, uh, including Deloitte. She's taught accounting classes at Catawba Valley Community College, maybe other places. I did not know. As well as I know you, you, you worked for Deloitte. So did I. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. What did you do there? I was an auditor. Nice. We're going to have a really way exci- back when we've got a lot of accounting people here. It's going to be an incredibly accounting exciting podcast. Really yeah, it is. Uh, we're those real life accountants, though, that we're have that normal personality. <laughs> That's right. How's but, that? Well, we'll see. We'll see. That remains to be seen. Uh, but anyway, Sabrina, thank you very much for joining us today. We, and, and you know, taxes are not exactly what everyone embraces, but. You know, like like death, we have to deal with the uh, taxes. They do come around on at least an annual basis, sometimes more often for some people. And and a lot of our listeners or people that might run small businesses or getting ready to open their their own business, they probably don't like to think about taxes. It's probably they're they're thinking about I want to sell stuff, I want to do creative stuff. Uh, you know, taxes is probably not their favorite topic, but like their vegetables, they need to eat. They, they got to eat your vegetables. You got to do your taxes. That's right, Jeff. And, um, you know, the other day I was telling my clients in our newsletter that me and my team are a little weird because unlike them, tax season is about our favorite time of year. It's kind of our time to shine. And the really cool thing is, though, that, you know, our clients come in and and we get to kind of catch up, hear about their vacation, see pictures of their kids and grandkids, that kind of thing, and really kind of catch up and touch base if we hadn't touched base with them lately. So that's always fun, too. Well, you're, See, you know, I told you she was. Yeah, no, well, I, you know, I've, I've met Sabrina before, <laughs> I know, right? You know, so, uh, but uh, I mean, you're. Uh, 
you might not say this, but but you're sort of an entrepreneur too, in that you started your own business and you've had to deal with the trials and tribulations of uh, starting a business and running a business. Uh, you you started your own firm in 2018. That's right. And you know what uh, you know what sort of uh, drove you to do your own thing as opposed to do it for somebody else. Right. Well, I was really you know I, I've always enjoyed what I've done. I've done kind of a lot of different things. I mean, when I was at Deloitte, I was working in multi-state and really wasn't doing tax returns at all. You know, I, people would people would ask me if I could do their 1040. And I said, I don't even know how to do my own 1040 at that point. But, um, you know, at the time I was working with very large businesses that filed in every single state. And we were kind of trying to minimize the, the, the crunch of having to file in every state. And so it was a team of attorneys and CPAs. And, and we really worked together to kind of like look at the tax law and see how that kind of broke down, which was super fun, um, as much fun as accountants can have. Um, but then I moved to Hickory, and there's not a whole lot of need for someone who has that skill set. <laughs> so, um, But I found that I really liked working with small businesses. I really liked small business owners. I really liked um, kind of that hands-on, um, you know, it wasn't a faceless corporation. It's, it's you know, our friends and neighbors and really getting to help them and dive in and, and um, see their business thrive and kind of celebrate their successes. Um, and so, you know, after, after kind of gaining that skill set and kind of honing in on those skills, I really kind of wanted to go off on my own and, and do it my own way. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of learning and growing pains along the way. Um, I had a lot of early success, which is awesome. But the, the flip side of that is scaling is really hard, mm-hmm. as yeah. I'm sure you've seen. Well, and, and I, you yourself have a finite capacity, so bringing people on to uh, increase capacity and scale you know, and finding the right people, I would think, would be a challenge. I think it definitely key. is. I mean, getting the right people, particularly for a CPA, because you're working with people's lives and you want to make sure you bring on the right person, right personality, but also the right skill level. And one thing I want to say, because when I'm sure Sabrina gets it all the time, you know, if you're a CPA, everybody thinks you know taxes, audit, financial, all the things. And quite honestly, we, to, to be good, we have to be specialized in certain areas. And so, What's your area of specialty? I don't know. Okay. I haven't figured that out. <laughs> um, financial analysis. I, okay. Well, that's right. Well, you, I, I, know, I, I assume that you're still a CPA. I am, okay, yes. Okay, because I, I know you all, share you're, you're having to set a time for Trust me. During the Christmas education. holidays, I'm finishing up my CPE requirements. Okay. Well, you know, heaven forbid you do it ahead of time. No, you know, I know. Like, I'm Every year, and I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it throughout the year. No. Another New Year's resolution? Another New Year's resolution that okay. we'll talk about next year. And you'll say, how did I do? Okay. Uh, you talked about scaling. You, know, you, you started your business in 2018. You know, in 2020, we, we had a pandemic. You know, for some businesses, that was devastating. For certain businesses, that created opportunity. How did that impact uh, you and your business? Right. So initially it was terrifying. Um, my, my daughter was eight at the time. And so all of us, and it was March. So, you know, it's my busiest time of year and suddenly I have to homeschool my eight year old. So, um, you know, my office didn't really close because at the time it was just me and one other employee. So we just kind of hunkered down and wore masks and cleaned everything. We didn't allow our clients to come into the office. Um, but I did just bring my daughter to work every day and she just, you know, had her little laptop from school and did her schoolwork 
work while I did taxes. Um, but it ended up being really an opportunity to shine because these PPP loans were announced mm-hmm. um, in the idol. And, you know, everybody was like, is this true? Is it a scam? Can I get this money? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's true. Um, there's a lot of paperwork and I can help you with it. And so it was really our time to shine and our time to, um, you know, help our clients in a time of major uncertainty. You know, they don't know if they're going to be able to keep their doors open. Clients, I know. Jeff, you spend a lot of time working and guiding people through that process. I usually too. guided them to people like Sabrina. Who <laughs> I was but doing. that was a good thing to do because they didn't know where to go. You need to have somebody to get them to the right people. I mean, and it was it was a big benefit to those people that were able to take advantage of it. Yeah, and and I, I guess uh, regardless of pandemics, uh, people people still have to file their taxes. Correct. Yes. Um, And they did give us a two month extension that year. Not even extension, just the deadline was changed. It was pushed out two months, which was awesome. Um, It really kind of took the the burden off of our team in terms of like the hours we were working towards just normal tax work so we could focus a little bit more time on the PPP and idle. Well, well, hopefully as we move post pandemic and you know, you're uh, we, we, we hopefully are starting to get into more normal routines. Uh, you know, are there, you know, working with uh, your your customers, your clients, small businesses, are there certain common issues that you run into that uh, they're facing where they need accounting assistance? Sure. Um, you know, the, the tools out there such as um, QuickBooks and um, TurboTax really kind of give this false sense of, you know, everyone can do it themselves. And I encourage people to do it themselves and save themselves a buck where they can because, you know, these startups, they've got to save every dollar they can. Um, so I'm not trying to take away from from anyone, you know, trying to save a dollar. But, um, you know, people get into QuickBooks and they, they get overwhelmed very quickly and they can create a mess very quickly. Um, so I encourage people to really kind of um, take advantage of free tools like, you know, tools at the um, small business centers that that kind of give people leg up on teaching them how to use this. Um, maybe get started with an accountant to figure out if they're using this correctly, if it's the tool for them. Um, but I, I see a big, I see a big mess in a lot of QuickBooks files. And if I don't find out that it's a mess until March, you know, you're going to have to go on extension because I don't have time to clean up a mess in March. <laughs> well, I've always been told, and maybe you can, you can uh, put some, shed some light on it, that yeah, QuickBooks is a, is a, is, I would assume, still the most common small business uh, accounting platform or, or software out there, but. The key to using it is getting it set up properly with the appropriate uh, expense and revenue accounts and so on and forth. If, if you can get it up, set it up properly at the beginning, that's going to save you much heartburn. Is that sort of the, is that a, is that a fair statement or are there other issues in using QuickBooks that you run into that people should be aware of? I think getting it set up correctly is going to give people a huge leg up. Um, my clients that have come to me initially and just, you know, sat down with me for two hours to kind of get a crash course and make sure they understand what they're doing and have their chart of accounts set up by me and my team, um, that they do a lot better with it than, than other folks that just kind of try to wing it. Are there, are there platforms out there that are pretty common that uh, small businesses are using other than QuickBooks? You, when, if someone comes to you and, and asks for recommendations, is QuickBooks the go-to, or do you have some others out there that, that you might direct them towards? 
Uh, I'm seeing FreshBooks and uh, Zero is out there as well. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with them, but I'm hearing really good things about FreshBook. That's the, that's the one that I really want to start looking into after busy season to kind of get a feel for how it works, because I'd really like to give my clients other alternatives. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like QuickBooks is pushing hard to go uh, from the desktop version to the online version. I mean, I, I guess the desktop version is still out there, but not as... It's not as prevalent as it used to be. That's correct. They're eventually going to phase out all support for QuickBooks Desktop unless you're on the enterprise version. If you're on the enterprise version, that's for more larger companies that have more robust needs, maybe like large inventory needs. Um, and that'll still that product will still be around. But if you're a small business, they're really pushing you to the online version. If I'm currently using the desktop version and they need to go to the online version, any tips for moving from one to the other is it is it a fairly simple operation is um or or is it oh my is this major surgery what do we got going on here you know i've always thought it was a fairly simple process but i found when people try to do it themselves something's getting lost in translation so that may be worthy of just um hiring a pro and it doesn't have to be a cpa it can be a bookkeeper um or or an accountant that um can help you through that process because it doesn't take long if it's done correctly and if if, if someone can get it done correctly for you pretty quickly, it might be worth paying paying them for an hour of work. I don't want to lose my history. No, no. no. Yeah, that'll come over that if it's done correctly. That always works get an expert to get it done. Yeah. That's your penny wise dollar foolish. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, getting folks prepared for their upcoming tax season. You know, we're, we're, we're talking here. Late January, so uh, you still got some time. It's not like uh, your taxes are due in two weeks or tomorrow or at this point in time. So are there certain steps that you recommend that your small business clients be doing now as say, or in the coming weeks in order to properly prepare for paying their 2022 taxes? Absolutely. That's a really good question. So if you don't already have a tax appointment, um, it it might be a good idea to get one. Um, I I typically just, I save a spot for all of my prior year clients. If you don't hear otherwise from me, just go ahead and assume that you have a spot waiting for you. But if you don't have that kind of arrangement, like go ahead and get your spot on the calendar. It doesn't have to be soon, but you know, just let them know that you're coming back. Um, The other thing I would do is I think it helps to know what your CPA is going to be doing when they prepare your taxes. So one thing I do, the first thing I'm going to do is pull your trial balance out of QuickBooks. Um, This is a report that you can pull out of QuickBooks. It's just you scroll down and look at your trial balance, set the dates to your year end, which is typically 1231. Um, Set it to accrual or cash basis. If you don't know what you are, you probably are cash basis. Um, And then just go through and look at the numbers and make sure they kind of make sense. Like, does your bank account tie out? What are your thoughts, Gary? Well, I was just thinking when you say uh, cash basis versus accrual, you, some of our listeners may not know what accrual means. Yeah, that's right. So on a cash basis, you recognize your revenue when you have the cash you know, coming into your business. Accrual basis would be you recognize revenue when um, you, you write the in, you invoice the customer, and that's... Um, that's revenue at that time. And so also when um, you are billed for services, if you're billed for um, your supplies, that's already an expense, even though you haven't paid for those supplies or, or um, 
items that are going into your inventory yet. That's already going to be an expense in the books. So so if I have a retail store, in all likelihood, am I going to be cash or a small retail store, like a one mom and pop sort of thing? Am I going to be a cash, uh, more than likely be operating under the cash basis or accrual basis? Yeah, small mom and pop shop, I would say typically cash basis. I'm going to recognize, because I'm going to get paid when I make that transaction. Exactly. Yeah, so, okay. Um. So you're going to set an appointment or, or, or sit down and suggest that they sort of do some quick trial balances to make sure things look directionally correct. Any other things that you recommend that they be doing as they get ready for uh, for tax season? What do you want to see? Yeah, so I'm going to be looking at your, I'm going to look at your December bank statement for every single account you have that's tied to the business. So your business checking account, your payroll account, um, if you have a money market or savings tied to the business. I'm going to look at all your loan documents and make sure that your loan balance is correct at year end. Um, I'm going to look at your interest statements if you get any interest into the business. Um, I'm also going to want to see any major purchases you made for equipment, um, large assets, buildings. And I also want to know about any equipment you sold throughout the year. And I need the details, the date it was sold, how much it was sold for, things like that. Can I ask a question? Please. I heard it and I don't know because I don't follow uh, the tabloids. But did I understand that Kim Kardashian or somebody bought a gazillion dollar plane and then deducted the whole thing? My son... Asked me that question. <laughs> I said, I don't Are know. You're thinking about, about buying it? But I was a million million explain tax law where you know you could accelerate the deduction <clears throat> with a purchase. And yeah, I wonder if it was eligible for bonus depreciation. That's, I assume that it had to be. Jeff and I were talking about bonus 179 um, the other day via email. Yeah. I was figuring. I tried to explain that. We weren't talking about Kim Kardashian, though, Gary. I, you know, but I was happy watching you can, you TV can, or whatever it was. Yeah, you can you can bring us up to speed on what's going on in the Kardashians no if you'd like. I can promise you, I can't spell Kardashian. <laughs> I mean, another question that Gary Austin asked me is, you know, how do are gambling debts deductible, or is that <laughs> yes. like a separate issue? That's such a good question. So, um, yeah, the lottery tickets. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> So you do have to claim your gambling income, and it used to be that you could take your losses up to your gambling income. And and on paper, you still kind of can, but it's an itemized deduction, and it's it's there's limitations, and so most people don't get to deduct their gambling losses anymore. Sorry, and this Gary. Is, yeah. I'm glad you yeah. Told me. Just keep that in mind next time you go to Cherokee. <laughs> exactly. Now, actually, Tammy yeah. Muller's working on trying to raise money for skills, so she's been doing the lottery. Yeah. yeah right? Before you can take those deductions, I think you actually have to have gambling income. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> so, so which yeah, uh, so, I don't ever. Have. Yeah. So that's 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 been. Thank a problem. you for reminding me. Yeah. Well, well, you, you see, we're making accounting and taxes fun. We're we're doing our best. And so now, you, well, we've talked about the Kardashians and gambling, and you know, you, I I think where you were heading with with the gazillion dollar plane is, I think there, I think that there are changes coming in the way depreciation can be deducted, and and, and yes, that's, that's exactly. And so I mean, I guess I guess where I'm heading is, are there any changes in tax law that the small business owners should be thinking about as they head into the upcoming season? Sure, there's a few changes coming. Um, so. You know, through the pandemic, we were able to, there was kind of a rule kind of um, to encourage people to patronize their restaurants that had been kind of suffering through the pandemic. And that was that business meals, which 
typically had been subject to the 50% limitation. Um, now, if you purchase business meals at a restaurant, they were 100% deductible. And um, that's going to be going away starting next year. It'll go back to the 50%. Starting in 2023. That's right. So keep but, that in mind. But for last year, when, when I bought Gary dinner, I could take it off. When was we were, that? When we were talking about you know our podcast. and the Kardashians. What, yeah, right. Well, you know. Actually, that is true. He does buy mine. I'm sure you had the receipt and you wrote on the back of it the business purpose. So, uh, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm sure it was deductible. I'll find it somewhere. It's in the shoebox with all the <laughs> other receipts, yeah. Um, the other thing, and, and this was what Jeff and I were talking about earlier this week, is that the bonus depreciation, you know, historically it's been 100%. It's going to go down to 80% and then 60% and then 40% and, and then eventually phase out completely. Um, the 179 depreciation is here to stay. And with 179 depreciation, for those of you that don't know, it also allows you to fully deduct the entire cost of the asset in the year of purchase. There are limitations to both bonus and 179. There's pros and cons to each. This is not an area that you want to be DIYing. This is an right. area where you need a CPA. Exactly. Um, 179, for instance, cannot generate a loss in the year like it would have to carry forward you can use bonus depreciation to generate a loss um, and there's also state implications some states don't allow you mm -hmm. to take bonus depreciation so these are all really important things that a cpa is going to consider when deciding whether to take 179 or bonus depreciation or neither so um, lots of things to consider there those are the things why people need to be looking if they're doing something out of the ordinary right not, not even out of the ordinary per se but if you got something that got impacted this year by it, uh, it's worthwhile going to a CPA. Absolutely. Or a, or a tax preparer because mm -hmm. you, it can save you a lot of money. Right. And if you're already working with a CPA or tax preparer and you haven't heard them talk about it, there's a good chance they're already doing it and just haven't thought to mention it to you. So feel free to ask them about it. You know, am I taking 179 or am I taking bonus and why? Um, and they'll be happy to they'll be happy that you're asking good questions like that because they like to answer those kind of questions. Here's a question. I sold my house this year mm -hmm. and I had a little bit of a gain. Mm -hmm. Can I do I have to? Uh, record that as gain this year, or is there an exclusion? I'm going to give you every CPA's favorite answer. It depends. <laughs> How long did you live there? Almost 20 years. So. Oh, good. Okay. So if you that's if, the key. If that home has been your primary residence for two of the last five years, you get to exclude, and you're married, right? Yep. As a married person, you and your spouse get to exclude up to five hundred thousand dollars of gain on your primary residence. We're good. You know, the only time I've come close to that $500,000 cap was someone moved here from California, and he had recently sold a home in California. We got a little close there. It got close, but we still made it. Uh, Gary's trying to call to turn this into a call-in show, like uh, Stump the CPA. Oh, that'd be so, so good one. Right. I might need a couple of years for that. Over the last few years, have sold a house could be, or contemplating doing it. So, uh, yeah, and, and just some, you know, don't know if there's anything out there in terms of expanded child independent care tax credits or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm trying to say that like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. I was hoping you might. <laughs> yeah, so during the pandemic, um, there were a lot of things that were kind of trying to put money in the Americans' pocket, and one of those was the child tax credit was expanded. The amounts were increased, and um, 
it was made, a larger portion of it was made refundable. And a refundable credit is a credit that you get money back in your pocket, even if you didn't pay any tax in, even if you didn't have any money withheld throughout the year, you still get the credit, which is really cool. Um, and so um, a lot of those benefits are going to go away and the child tax credit's going to go back to um, the previous amounts. And that's going to be for this year. So I tried to tell my clients last year if they got a huge refund and it was because of those enhanced child tax credits, don't expect this huge refund next year. We may need to adjust your withholdings. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, if you got a huge refund because of child tax credits last year, don't expect that huge refund again. Don't, don't spend that money quite yet. Right. Okay. What about uh, the 1099K uh, threshold uh, of $600? What's, uh, what's going on with that? So there's been a lot of lot of talk about this and, about a year and, ago. And what is it, actually? Right. So about a year ago, the IRS announced that, um, so, so prior to a year ago, um, if, if you had, you know, credit card processing or PayPal transactions or, you know, any of these like financial transactions that were reportable through PayPal or credit card processing or whatever, you received a 1099K, but you typically only received that 1099K if you had more than $20,000 in, trans- $20, in transactions. Well, the IRS reduced that to 600. And so there was a lot of concern from people that just casually sell things on eBay or, you know, use PayPal to send grandma money or get money from grandma. You know, am I going to get a 1099k? Do I have to pay tax on that money? And there's a lot of lot of talk about that. And so first of all, you know, personal transactions are not taxable. But, you know, if you get a 1099K, the IRS is going to be looking for that on your tax return. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and the IRS realized all this was problematic and finally in December backed down on this and said, well, we're going to push this off for another year. So the threshold is still $20,000. It will remain $20,000 until January of 2024. And then I guess we're going to revisit it. Don't don't know what they're going to do then. In the short term, we're not sweating it. In the short term, we're not sweating it. And and like uh, you know, the kid that I'm paying uh, to walk my dog uh, off the books. So I need to worry about that. There's no off the books, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's ask this. Um, you Great know, <laughs> I, I assume that over the course of a year, he's going to make less than six hundred dollars, and then it's between him and the IRS whether he reports that. So uh, yes, right. we're not worried about it. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that's less than five hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, speaking of speaking of the IRS, you know, uh, you know, in the news lately has been, uh, you know, I guess I guess last year funding was passed to hire. 87,000 uh, new IRS tax agents, which I don't think they're actually going to be tax agents. Uh, you know, and there's much uh, political discussion about, you know, how intrusive these tax agents are going to be. Are they are they going to be uh, coming to take my gas stovetop away? Or I don't know what these people are going to do. <laughs> you know, uh, any, uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on, do we need more funding for the IRS? Oh, man, this is such a hot topic. So um, I'm really excited that the IRS is is finally getting some funding, and I'll tell you why. So in 2008, 2009, you know, we hit a recession, and a lot of government agencies' funding was cut. The IRS's funding was cut and has never been restored. They've been getting bumps for, you know, just general inflation, but not restored to the, the pre mm-hmm. um 
pre-recession funding, and it's very problematic. And so if you've ever had to call the IRS, have either of you ever, oh, how fun was that? It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was How horrible. long were you on hold? Oh, forever. And, I, and I'm not a patient person. Right. But I didn't, you know, you'd stay on because you, didn't, you knew you had to right. get the answers. And so a year ago, it was so bad that only 2 to 3% of phone calls to the IRS were even getting through to a human who could help yeah. you. That's how bad it was. And that's where we are. Like, that's, that's how bad the funding is. And you may have heard that um, last year, the IRS had destroyed, like, millions of tax returns that were supposedly informational. And that was later found out to not be true. I had clients receiving notices that, from the IRS that said, we need you to send your tax return again because we don't have it. That's, Did that happen to you? What- why I was calling. Yeah, it's so wild. I mean, so make sure you make copies and have it saved in a bunch of different places. Right. And so this is why the IRS is getting this funding, you guys. Like, it's so important that our IRS function properly so that someone answers the phone when you call and so that your tax return doesn't just sit in a box for a year. Um, and so, you know, the 87,000 employees, the other thing to keep in mind with that is that 45% of IRS employees will be eligible for retirement in the next five years. Well, that's like all of our technical trades. Yeah. And everybody's 55 and getting ready to retire 55 or 60 right yeah so so uh, you know is it is it actually true that the irs is just uh doing filing the laws and guidelines that are sent out by congress which is making noise that they're overfunded what do you mean by that who sets who sets the tax laws again yeah, where where do those tax laws come from? Yeah. <laughs> it is Congress that sets the tax Ex- laws. Exactly, and, and exactly. And IRS's job is just to actually follow what Congress has told them to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There, there are some people in Congress yelling that they're they're out of control and you know coming to to do awful things to you, which is probably not true. Exactly. And so yeah, a very small percentage of those folks are going to be actual um, you know auditors. And and the other thing, you know, I'm hearing that they're all going to be. They're all going to have guns. No, not all 87,000 of them have guns. There, there are about 2,000 IRS agents who have guns. Um, if they come to your door, you're, you probably need to get right with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> these are the people that take down Al Capone. These are the people that take down drug lords. And mm-hmm. it is very important that they're armed, right, because they're dealing with very, very dangerous people. The untouchables. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um so, you know, just, uh, you know, as, as we sort of sum up here, are there any other uh, common mistakes that, uh, that, that you see as you're working with small businesses and taxes that people should be aware of that they hopefully could avoid? Sure. The, the, you know, if you're working with a tax pro, a lot of times I, I get this question, oh, I just did this thing. Is this going to be taxable and can you fix it? Well, if you've already done it, <laughs> yeah. I cannot fix it. Just call me first. Um, and, and then maybe we can be proactive about it. So that's that's one big thing. Um, another thing I'm seeing a lot of, I saw this thing on TikTok um, and I want to do it. And so a lot of this stuff... Is it a dance or what is it? <laughs> that could be a lot of things. I wish it was just a dance. Okay. You know, I'm seeing all these crazy tax planning strategies on TikTok, and these people are not CPAs that are... These people are content creators. Their, their whole yeah. shtick is to generate um, views. So when my wife is asking me if we can take this as a deduction or do this from a tax strategy, I probably should call you. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Bottom line is, you know, TikTok probably not the best uh, tax advisor out there. Anyway, yeah, if you get audited by the IRS, um, you, you can't minute. really quote TikTok. TikTok. Can't say TikTok, TikTok, TikTok here. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> TikTok Alfie and Ralphie. It must be true. <laughs> There is one, you know, there's sometimes like a glimmer of truth to to what it's coming from. And one I saw was like, you know, put your children on the payroll and pay them $12,000 and all this other stuff. You know, sometimes putting your children on the payroll isn't a terrible idea, mm-hmm. but but there's some nuance to it. It's like, not, you know, like, a blanket not like, statement. Not, not when they're eight years old sort of situation. Hey, you know, if they're eight and, and you have a real estate business and you want your eight-year-old to set out food at the uh, open house and put up real estate you signs, you can pay a minimum wage for that. You can't pay him $20,000 for that, though. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um any other any other advice you want to share with our small business listeners, Sabrina, that they should be doing as we as we move forward? Yeah, um, I would just say you know gather all your tax documents and um, you know make sure make sure things kind of look good before you give it to your tax pro because that'll save you some money in the long run. You know it's better for you to put a set of eyes on it first rather than than them get it and and spend a lot of extra time on it that they're going to have to bill you for. Um, so that'll save you a few bucks if you kind of you know make sure things kind of look in a way that they make sense before that you give it to your tax pro. Um, and be proactive and, and ask them questions. And when you have your meeting to go over your tax return at the end, you know, ask them what are some things that you can be thinking about for next year um, and kind of like go ahead and be planning ahead, right? Like what are some things that I should be doing differently? What are some things that caught your eye that that you noticed that, that I need to be thinking about? Well, that sounds good. Well, we, we really appreciate uh, you coming uh, in to, to share advice with us. How many people still bring you like a, a shoebox of receipts and just uh, run out of the office uh, with, and leave you with the shoebox? That still happen? <laughs> it's an electronic shoebox. I've become a mean CPA. I don't allow that anymore. <laughs> Good. Good. Good for you. All right. So, so that, that's Thank not you. happening that's, at your practice, great. at least. It might happen somewhere, but not with you. Right. Okay. Well, well, we appreciate you coming in. And, and uh, you, you good to play our lightning round today? Oh, I'd love to. Okay. Well... Uh, this month's lightning round is sponsored by Ned Ryerson Insurance. Whole life, auto, flood, home. Can't have enough insurance. Gary, am I right or am I right? You are 100% uh, right. Stay safe with Ned Ryerson. You can check it out on the internet. So we've got some quick questions for you, Sabrina. Quick answers, quick questions. First question, what is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh, biggest pet peeve. Um, probably people talking over me. Okay. Gary, remember that. I'm Okay. Wish I'd known that earlier. Okay. Oh no, you guys are good. Y'all are fun to talk to. Any any twenty twenty three New Year's resolutions that you can share with us? Oh man. Um probably to be more present. I'm spending less time on my phone. And it has a little tracker, you know, it it tells you like how much time you've been mm-hmm. spending on your phone. And I'm like, Yes, I'm spending less time on the phone. I love it. I don't like when I get those messages. I, I know what you mean. Yes. Okay, good one. <clears throat> Beach or mountains? Mountains, 100%. Okay. Any particular place in the mountains that you like? you like an Asheville person or Boeing Rock or? Asheville and Boone, but for different reasons, obviously. They're very different. But I spent a weekend in Asheville last weekend. That was kind of my last free weekend before I start working weekends. Okay. Um, What toppings do you put on your pizza? Ooh, this is very controversial, but I do like a Hawaiian pizza. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) So you're, you're okay with the pineapple on your pizza? Absolutely. 
Uh, that, that is, that's the most controversial thing you've touched on so far today. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for you. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I would like to, I would like to fly. I just want to see like that aerial view of everything. I love aerial views. It'd be really fun. It feels like it would be cold up there right now. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I'm afraid of heights. Dress appropriately. I will. When you're flying. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Sabrina Cook, uh, for uh, sharing that. If people want to find you, where should they be looking? So I have a website, www.sabrinapcookcpa.com, and um, my Facebook page is just uh, facebook.com slash sabrinapcookcpa. I'm very active on Facebook. I put I post tax tips just about every day. Okay. Look out there. Yeah, checking out for tax tips. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We always like to end up our uh, podcast with uh, some small businesses to be checking out. Sabrina, you got anything you want to share with us? I do. So my mom's family is from Detroit. I love Detroit. Such an underrated city. Um, Great food, great stuff going on. But there's a business there called Better Life Bags. I know this is kind of girly, probably not your thing, but, you know, if you have a lucky lady in your life that you want to buy a gift for, they have these beautiful leather purses, and they're all handmade, and they're made by women that were formerly incarcerated and are having trouble finding employment, and so they're taught these skills of sewing and and craft and, you know, learn how to make these beautiful bags, but they're just absolutely gorgeous, well-made, hold together really well, and, and, you know, they're made in Detroit and sold all over the world. Cool. Great story. Again, Better Life. Better Life Bags. Better Life Bags. All right. Awesome. We'll check that one out. That's great. Thank you. Gary, you have a small business you'd like to, to share. Yes. And first, though, we uh, traveled to Charleston. Of course, you know we love Charleston. And a couple of my uh, small businesses months have been there, like the booze truck. There's, And I'd heard, of course, I don't drink much, so it's okay, that they were going to shut them down some months ago. But there's... Uh, Going forward, some of it must have been an uproar. Uh, <laughs> don't shut down the boost trucks now. No. What is the boost truck, Gary? It's a van, and you go there and you can buy uh, popsicles with alcohol in them and other types of things like that. Gary has a dark side to him that you're probably not aware of, Sabrina. My dark side is actually everywhere we travel, which drives my wife crazy. I'm looking for small businesses that are unique, like Callie's Biscuits. Also is the other one in Charleston that we've highlighted, and they have the greatest biscuits in the world. They're in the market. So yeah, you're getting funding from the Charleston Chamber of Commerce, or I what should, you know, what's, what's going for on? A with lot you? of different reasons. Okay. But I have another one coming from Mooresville. Okay. Of course, it fits with the theme of food. It's the Carolina Pie Company, and I haven't been there, but I've heard great reviews from my kids who have been there. And they, it's a family-owned business, three generations. It started in Massachusetts. And it started from the family, and they moved from Massachusetts down to uh, Mooresville, and they make the best pies in the world, homemade, I mean, of course. And they say they don't want to do anything from a machine. They want to make sure handmade, just like the olden days. And they have waiting lists. In fact, actually, before Christmas, I tried to buy some before uh, the Christmas holiday for the family, and it was like a four-week lead time. So when I tried in early December, I was late. But... I recommend it from my family and my kids. I haven't done it firsthand, but I will definitely do it because it's now that I've moved closer to there, it's not that far away. Now, will they will they send me a pie or do I have to go pick up my pie? No, that's interesting. They 
most of the time they want you to pick it up. I mean, it's, I would think shipping a pie is a challenge. Yes. I would assume. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I've not done that. I no, usually. That's I'm glad you said that because they prefer. Not getting that in my kitchen. You know, if there's a pie in my house, so I'm not shipping it anywhere. <laughs> so anyway. So I highly recommend it through recommendations to me. All right, Carolina Pie Company. Yep. Okay. I came across a, a, a entertaining business, fun business called Mo Mountain Mutts, which, uh, uh, as I'm sure you guys know, that you know, particularly during the pandemic, uh, when we were home, many people got pets, dogs, cats, whatever, you know. And and now that we have been going back to work, or many of us have been going back to work, you know, who's taking care of those pets? You know, and not mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the pets get lonely. So this is actually a business that I read about, which is in Skagway, Alaska, and they're a combination. You go much further than I do. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm just going to my computer, man. But uh, they're a combination: dog walker, pet sitter, and dog trainers. But what makes them interesting is that they have a dog bus that they go by and pick up all their dogs every well, every that's day. Cool. And like the dogs all sort of have assigned seats, and they all like sort of run into the bus, and like and like they're the old dogs that are pretty calm, and they go to their seats and chill, and then they're the 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 younger dogs which are in the back of the bus, like biting each other and playing and whatnot, and they they do a lot of videos. They've become sort of an Instagram and TikTok sensation. Although I'm not on the TikTok like you guys are at this point in time, Gary. I didn't know you were on the TikTok. My family is. Your family is. All right. I'm not on that much, but they, they send me when they see something that's interesting, and so that's how I get on TikTok. Okay. Well, uh, don't know how many listeners we have in Skagway, but even if you're not there, they have their own website, and they have a lot of merchandise and cool stuff out there, and you can follow them on Instagram or, I guess, TikTok. But if you go to www.momountainmutts.com, Dot com. You can read a little bit about them and, and follow them on social media. So that's anyway, really cool. So sort of a fun one out there. You should check it out. Probably is a little bit far for us to use. I don't know. You know, uh, you know, it's uh, we we. I don't know if we could expense that trip or not. We'll have to check with Sabrina <laughs> when we travel to Alaska exactly. to, to to check them out. But we won't be doing it in the winter. So no. anyway. Uh, if you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them uh, us at eexchange at the mesh.tv. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and use your, your ideas there. We want to thank uh, Sabrina Cook for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network. Everyone, go out, go to themesh.tv and you're going to see a whole lot of interesting content out there and a variety of topics, so check it out at themesh.tv. And uh, I appreciate you listening, and we'll look forward to talking with you again next month. Take care. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.